listening to the house of mercy on the water's edge was a man who met the savior so the gospel said waiting there he was with the lepers and the lame till an angel it was told down from heaven came folks tuned in from all around near and far just to listen to house of mercy waiting for the waters to stir we're just listening to the house of mercy waiting for the waters to stir. Welcome everybody to the House of Mercy, the podcast version. You know, wherever you are in Australia or Wisconsin or the Falkland Islands. I don't know. Do we have listeners in the Falkland Islands? I don't know. But we're glad that we can be together in this, you know, I would say maybe less than satisfying digital way, but at least the airwaves have a wide reach. Thanks for listening, visiting. Hope to see you all somewhere someday. Yeah. uh, Debbie, speaking of somewhere someday, we are going to have another in-person gathering. It's We're calling it a post-election House of Mercy semi-Sunday service, November 15th at 5 p.m. here outside. And uh, we just thought that might be a good time for everybody to just kind of get together and be together. We might not even know the outcome of the election by November 15th. No, but I think whatever the situation... I think it will be nice to be together. I do too. I think it'll be great. And so, whatever the weather, we'll have some. We'll have fire pits for sure, and uh, hope to have some music, uh, reflections, and uh, some prayers. And uh, yeah, most, yeah. You can wear sleeping bags if you want. Yeah, for sure. Wear sleeping bags. Don't get too close to the fire, though. <laughs> no, I ruined a sleeping bag like that before. So, Hey, I want to invite everyone to join a Zoom conversation after church this evening at 6 p.m. talking about white power versus women's power and what happens when white men's sensibilities are moved from the center of white women's political orientation. And does that change sort of the possibility of an alliance with white women and women of color? So... I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. You can find the link for the Zoom conversation in the House of Mercy newsletter. Or if you don't get the newsletter, email me soon and I'll send you the link. You know, Some of us have been following this conversation among prominent women where they're discussing these issues and then talking about it. But you know what? Even if you haven't been following that conversation but you want to join us for the Zoom meeting, please do. It would be great to have you there. Yeah, that seems like really important conversations, uh, and uh, you know, I think you know, you women should be having them. 
I mean, men are invited too. No, I was just trying to put myself at the center of your conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so over, uh, all right, I'm out of here. Uh, no, that's uh, Debbie at HouseOfMercy.org, and that conversation is uh, tonight, right? That's right, 6 p.m., and there'll be one more of these next Sunday after church. All right, uh, that's fantastic. You know, it's hard to believe, but uh, uh, sometimes it seems like the world is standing still, but the calendar ticks on. We are um, coming up pretty soon uh, on Advent, the Advent season, if you can believe it, and Christmas. Can hardly believe it, except it's snowing right now. So. Oh yeah, it kind of does seem like it here, and <laughs> here in Minnesota, it's uh, it's been winter here for about a week and a half now, um, but. Uh, I'm sure it will continue to be, you know, for another eight months. But we do have, uh, we are, uh, Advent does begin um, the first week of December. And uh, so, obviously, we can't all come together like we normally would. But uh, we are putting together uh, an Advent podcast, meditation podcast, Waiting for the World to Begin, Advent Meditations podcast. We're looking for... Uh, contributions, 12 to 16 contributors, uh, writers, uh, you can, we're looking for essays, stories, poems, music. We're asking people to respond to, uh, Advent is really um, all about a season of waiting and preparation. Is that right, Debbie? Yeah, yeah, it is. Waiting. Yeah, and waiting. Anticipating. Yeah, and it's kind of before a time of extended uh, meditation, waiting for God to enter the world, um, remembering in the form of an infant child, the Christ child, but also sort of waiting for uh, shalom, the second inbreaking of God's spirit when we're all peace and mercy and reconciliation will uh, abound unmediated. Is that right? Well, I guess. Is that waiting for the second coming? Is that like waiting for the end of the world? Um, well, the whole thing is the end of the world. It's the, it's the rebirth of the world. It is, I mean, people, you know, apocalypse, people think of it as the end, but really it is, a, it is about an unveiling of the new. The coming to, of the coming to an end of the old and the opening up and revealing of the new. Well, it sounds like a good season. A very good season. So, um, and you know, we we're thinking about it in terms of like everybody's waiting for what the vaccine, waiting for things to reopen, waiting for things to come back to normal, waiting for the world to begin again. You know, a lot of people are talking about the end of the world. And it's just a yes. subject that seems to come up a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so um, we, are, we, we talk about it, we think about it a lot, and we're, we're trying to think about, contemplate, envision uh, maybe not the world coming back as it was, but coming back in some new, uh, more merciful, more complete, more just, profound way. So we just ask all you people, your great thinkers, your great writers, um, to contemplate this, this idea, waiting for the world to begin again. And uh, so if you are interested, uh, contact Russell at HouseOfMercy.org. And uh, yeah, also, again, look for uh, all this information in today's newsletter.
that you might have received. And you know, if you haven't uh, received the newsletter, if you don't receive the newsletter, you can sign up for it pretty easily by going to houseofmercy.org. Yeah, you just go to the houseofmercy.org, you scroll down and sign at the bottom on the left there. Um, why also, too, so this is going to, um, then this will um, air, this uh, podcast will air all four weeks of Advent, starting the first week of December, and the final one will it'll be on Thursdays, and the final one will be on uh, uh, the 24th, uh, Christmas Eve. Also, you know, it wouldn't be Christmas without that children's Christmas pageant, and uh, this year we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do a Zoom pageant. We're going to send. Great idea. That's yeah. Great idea. Yeah. We're going to send out a script, and uh, we're going to ask people like family groups or groups who are together. You all play the part. Maybe you want to be a, a you know, a, a donkey, and everybody. So everybody in your household, you got to dress up with the donkey, and then you just say your part that you'll have in your script. This is going to be fun. It's going to be rollicking. I think. That sounds like a rollicking good time. Yeah, eggnog, Christmas spirit, good, fun, warm hearts. And you know what's so great about this? Everybody can come, not only, you know, from all over the country. You know, you, you're... Uh, you're all uh, over the world. All over the world. Your, your, your aunt in Cincinnati or Kuala Lumpur, who never could make it to see this pageant, can be a part of it now. So, yeah. We uh, also look for that in the newsletter, but it's going to be a good time. We're going to have a good Christmas. It's going to be a good Christmas. Good Christmas Eve is a good Advent, right? Yeah, I, I believe it. Well, uh, then, uh, this is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. Please join me in the prayer of invocation. God of mercy, we pray for the bread you give. Bread, not just a metaphor, even if it is a good one, but something we can sink our teeth into, something that feeds us, gives us life, makes us feel alive or empowered or possibly disempowered if we happen to wield too much to the detriment of others. Help us embrace our vulnerability as creatures who need each other and help us somehow feel communion together, even though we can't feel the warmth of other bodies next to us in pews with wet coats on a snowy evening. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you. Share a sign of peace with anyone you happen to see or a dog, a cat, a bird. We need as much peace as we can muster. House of Mercy Hymn 111, Farther Along. Tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be. Farther along we're 
till death said our loving master a few more days to labor and wait toils of the road will then seem as nothing as we sweep through Join me in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer or petition with God and your mercy. And I invite you to respond. Hear our prayer. God of mercy, clearly a lot of people are suffering all over the world. You may have created the world out of love, but that isn't always apparent because there's a lot of greed here and fear some people are denied their basic humanity. There are hate groups, people who bond over hatred of others. I assume you are aware of this. And hopefully you have a plan, or if not exactly a plan, then bring us the bread that you give for the life of the world, something accessible we can turn and eat. And slowly, if it can't be quickly, Become the world, manifesting the love you made it from and for. We pray for the world, for the prisoners and captive, captives, people who have to flee their countries due to violence or hunger or the ravages of climate change, children separated from their parents. May our compassion increase as we understand none of us are immune from the brokenness in the world. God, in your mercy. If it's okay, we'll just come out and pray that there will not be violence surrounding our election in the United States. Maybe it's somehow our turn as a nation to know this sort of instability and insecurity, but we pray for mercy for all of our sins as people and a nation. And we pray that all the people working for positive change, putting as much love out there as they can, persevering for justice, will have an effect on the course of events. And we pray that your presence might be manifest as love and mercy and peace. That it doesn't have to do with what we deserve, but how much you love the world. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, some of us are mourning the deaths 
of people we love. Or we're frightened for ourselves or our parents who are facing the difficulties of aging. We are worried about COVID, about sickness and death. Our mental health has been a little easier to maintain in other times. We pray for healing, for help, for comfort, for the capacity to believe in truth and beauty and wholeness and restoration, resurrection in these troubled times. God, in your mercy, We have plenty to confess. Help us see how we are wrong and help us see how we are beautiful. Hear our confessions and gratitude and prayers as we pause for silence. You give us all the mercy we could need, and you love us more than we can imagine. Thank you. Amen. A reading from the book of John, chapter 6, verses 51 through 58. I am the living bread that has come down from heaven. Anyone eating of this bread will live into the ages And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Judeans began disputing with one another. How is it possible for this man to give us his flesh to eat? In truth, I tell you, answered Jesus, unless you eat the flesh of the child of humanity and drink his blood, you have not life within you. Everyone who takes my flesh for her food and drinks my blood has life through the generations, and I will raise her up at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood true drink. Everyone who takes my flesh for her food and drinks my blood remains in me and I in her. As the living Father sent me, and as I live because the Father lives, so the person who takes me for her food will live because I live. That is the bread which has come down from heaven not such as your ancestors ate and yet died. The person who takes this bread for her food will live from generation to generation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Morris felt like hell and he didn't know why. He wanted a reason. He wanted something. He sat in the same coffee shop almost every day. He went to work at four at the hospital, downtown, preparing surgical trays, placing stainless steel instruments on stainless steel trays and wrapping the whole thing in plastic wrap. So when someone needed a bypass or some horrible thing removed, everything was right there, sterile and waiting. He did that until midnight, then usually made last call and went home and watched TV mindlessly and went to bed. He was usually up by 9 or 10 and did whatever until he eventually wound up at the coffee shop trying to remember what he'd really accomplished that day and to prepare himself to go to work and do it all again. 
he swore if he was ever called upon to prepare a tray for a lobotomy, he would use the instruments on himself. What was wrong with him? He got up from the table and went to get some more cream for his coffee, which really irritated him. He could never, he thought, never get the right ratio of cream to coffee. He would put in too much cream and the coffee would be lukewarm and tasteless, or not enough and it would be bitter and without the elusive, velvety-rich consistency he desired. He preferred this coffee shop, though, because he could put the cream in himself. Other places where the moron behind the counter put it in were intolerable to him. The people behind the counter were even bigger idiots than he was. He sat back down to sip the coffee. Damn, he muttered, too much. What was his problem? 38 years old, and this was the thing that he was most passionate about in life? That had to be a sign that something was truly not right. Sometimes when he would sit there and would catch his reflection in the coffee shop window and then look at all the other losers in their 30s sitting around the coffee shop, he would become overwhelmed with hopelessness. His arms and legs would become so heavy and his mind would fog in. It was an effort to lift the coffee cup or to remember what he was thinking about. Then someone would come in the door of the coffee shop, a woman with a pierced eyebrow or a tiny backpack or some guy with early stages of male pattern baldness trying to convince the world his head was shaved because he liked it that way. And he would remember what he was thinking about, how stupid people were, how stupid he was. And then his limbs would get heavy and his brain would fog in again. What was wrong with him? For the life of him, he did not know. But I did. Morris was building a hard little god inside. He'd been working on it since junior high. I can trace the beginning of construction to somewhere around the time he made, as Mrs. Patuzak put it, inappropriate comments while Jay Brandle was giving an oral report on Moby Dick. These comments were brought on by the fact that Jay Brandle had pointed out that the novel was not at all about the big whale, but really about Ahab's internal struggle, a point that seemed to his junior high mind a profound insight, but one that he had missed, leading him to conclude that he must be stupid. The hard little god made a home in Morris. And when Morris was nervous or scared, the hard little god would point out that his fear was the result of his own inadequacies. The hard little god Morris was building inside would compare him to other people and find him wanting. And then Morris's hard little god would turn on the other people and delineate their shortcomings. It would sniff out posers, pseudo-intellectuals, and then turn on Morris, proclaiming him to be an even bigger poser, more pseudo than the pseudos. It started with casual remarks to himself and others that were, for all Morris, new jokes or sarcastic remarks. Certainly not the dividing cells of some destructive deity of which Morris was completely unaware. Just casual observations like the fact that 14 people had finished the SAT before him. Why were they leaving? Done already. And he still had 23 more questions to go. All these things were food for the hard little god developing inside him. Eventually it took on a life of its own. 
not only saw the idiocy of Morris himself, but of other people as well. And the more vile and ridiculous he could find people, the stronger, the harder, the smaller the God became. And the smallness was not small as in tiny, but as in density. Like an entire solar system of self-hate collapsed in on itself. The littler it got, the harder it got, the denser it got, the more powerful it became. It sucked the energy from his limbs and his mind. What was he just thinking about? Morris could not remember. Then someone came through the door of the coffee shop and he remembered. He was thinking about how stupid people are and about how stupid he was. It was some 20-year-old neo-poser punk rock Christian. He'd seen this guy in here before with some others like him. They were reading Bibles and writing in notebooks and generally looking like they had it all figured out. He could never get these guys, figure these guys out. He was a Catholic and this kind of, what, over-enthusiastic public identification with something never made any sense to him. If someone wanted to put a big circle in their ears and tattoos on their entire bodies and wear dirty clothes, fine. If people wanted to be born-again Christians and go around annoying other people, people's idiocy takes many different forms, fine. But somehow combining the two seemed beyond stupidity. This guy was wearing a grimy jean jack with the sleeves cut off, and he'd written on the back with a black magic marker in bad gothic motorcycle gang-looking letters. It said, Bread of Life. And all the way down his right arm in this stupid lettering, he, made, he had tattooed, Eat My Flesh. And then on the other arm it said, Drink My Blood. This guy was sick. Just then, Morris's stomach winced. A sharp, hollow pain sunk into his bowels. Acidic digestive juices splashed around in his stomach, hunting for something. Morris had given up eating two weeks earlier. It seemed pointless to him to chew and swallow and digest and vacate. How odd, he thought. Just reading the words bread and eat and drink on the Christian tattoo guy had triggered some involuntary response. He read the words again and felt the acid in his throat. He was hungry. He felt dizzy. He felt heavy. The fog that usually filled his head returned this time. It closed his eyes. He lost consciousness. His head came down hard, first on the rim of his coffee cup, sending it spilling to the floor, then the table, then the weight of his body pulled him over off his chair and onto the floor. There is a difference between being alive and living. Still unconscious, he dreamed these words out loud. On the night he was handed over to death, Jesus took bread and gave thanks for it and broke it and gave it to his disciples to eat, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and gave the cup for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
shed for you and for all, so that sins may be forgiven. Do this in memory of me. We invite you to share communion during the hymn. House of Mercy Hymn 113, Keep on the Sunny Side. There's a dark and a troubled side of life. There's a bright and a sunny side too. Though you meet with the darkness and strife, the sunny side may also find you. Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. God be with you, stay with you, and sustain you as you breathe God's Spirit into the world. Take heart knowing that you are loved. Amen. <laughs>